0: Weigel, and, and I have lost about 145 pounds. And with me today is
1: permanently impatient Donald Weigel. He's not joking. I <laughs> could not wait for it to get this podcast started. Woo, Ooh. woo! Good you were times. really
0: impatient with waiting for me to be ready to podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you're the idea person, and uh, I'm really just, you know, your sidekick who's carrying your bags. Well,
0: the problem is I am led by emotions, and you are led by logic, and so you have to wait for me to feel impassioned about something. So it's not not that you follow me, it's just that you wait for my jet stream to, like, carry me toward inspiration, whereas you're like, let's just talk about...
1: I'm more of a robot. Let's pick a topic and figure out what we're going to say, and but then I, we'll say it.
0: I am based on feelings, and my feelings change all the time. Yeah. So he uh, he is very patient with waiting for me to make choices, because Someday I... Someday will...
1: I will feel your human feelings... <laughs>
0: But it's really annoying to be led by feelings all the time because yeah. I don't know when I'm going to be motivated to podcast, when I'm going to be in a mood to do it. So, you, you know, very... we have an
1: episode of the show called The Motivation Bus that you might want to listen to so oh, that you're I? yeah, so that you're not waiting around for motivation to <laughs>
0: Well, there's motivation. There's momentum. There's yeah. we're going to talk about lots of things that move today.
1: Uh, we certainly are. Yeah, and but modes of transportation. Yep. Um. And uh. But first, and I know we uh we don't really do this anymore, but we had a listener uh, contact us on Twitter and give us a good idea for a tip of the
0: week. Tao. Tao. Everybody, Tell it's everybody. Back welcome for back.
1: probably one week only. But yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so a listener Jill on Twitter uh, and you Let's can find us Jill. on Twitter. <laughs> Is at, her name actually Jill? We, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at We Only Look Thin. And uh, she reached out and this May seem obvious to some, but it's something I hadn't really thought about before. I have a vague memory of Catherine maybe mentioning it. We've once. We've talked about
0: using the scale before, and but, now we're going to talk about. But using yeah, the scale when again. you're
1: when you're weighing your food, and you've got a container like peanut butter, or for me, it's mostly you know butter. Um, I use a. <laughs> he little just bit uses of butter, butter. Yeah. butter, which
0: is the main ingredient in peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh
1: my goodness. Anyway. Uh, And I used to, up until very recently, I would put the, I would take the butter and I would put a separate container on the scale and then I would put a little bit of butter in and until it weighed what I wanted it to weigh. Or in, you know, you can do peanut butter, jelly, like whatever, something that comes in a jar that's a pain. And instead of that, put the whole container on your scale, zero it out, and then, take some out and the scale, at least our scale, Catherine pointed out to me this morning that not all scales do this, but our scale will then go negative. So if I want 10 grams of butter or three grams of butter, six grams of butter or whatever, I can remove that much. And then it'll say negative three grams of butter on the scale. And it saves me the extra dish um, and the time of washing it, which I thought was a nice uh, little handy tip.
0: Yeah. And I think Jill mentioned, you know, sometimes when you scoop something out of a, a tablespoon or something like that, some sticks to the side and then you don't know how much you're getting. And we yeah. like to be precise, especially with high fat foods like the mayonnaises and the butters of peanut and cashew. Yes. Uh, so if you put the entire. Nut butters. <laughs> <laughs> nut butter. That sounds healthier somehow, doesn't I know it? Like, it does. oh, it's a nut butter Snickers. I feel like. Oh, eight. Ancient grains and mustard. Ancient
1: grains and nut butters. It must be healthy for you.
0: But I know for me, when I so there, there are two ways to do this. Either uh, put the container on your scale. Zero it out and then do the negative. Or if your scale, we have uh, an old timey scale um, that.
1: Uh, (laughs) I imagine it's one of those ones that balances like the scales of justice in front of all the courthouses. Very
0: so. Yeah, the justice about peanut butter. Our
1: old timey digital scale. Yeah, that we got in
0: 2000. Um, Take the entire container, weigh the container. So maybe the entire container weighs 300 grams scoop out your peanut butter. When the scale then goes down to like 296, then you can just take 300 minus 296. You got four grams of peanut butter, which I don't think is an actual measurement of peanut butter that anyone uses. But um, you can back it out. We actually did a whole episode on uh, weighing and measuring food, I believe, uh, last year sometime. So maybe Donald. Uh, in his spare time, can patiently put it in the show notes for us.
1: I can patiently do that. (laughs) I am impatient to patiently put that in the show notes. I love
0: it when I suggest homework for him because he actually does all the show notes and all all the episode descriptions, and frankly, he's responsible for the podcast. I just talk in our living room, so...
1: Well, you come up with the content usually. So there we go. It's, uh, it's, we're a good team. We
0: are a good team. So thank you, Jill. Speaking of a great team, thank you, Jill. And like
1: I, I will very often, I will take two eggs, which are 70 calories a piece, and get three grams of butter, um, and put it in the nonstick pan. And I've got a hundred and, you know, 53 calorie snack basically in the afternoon or 73 calorie snack in the afternoon. And, um, it's a uh, it. i I've been using this, you know, butter weighing measuring thing for, since Jill pointed it out to us. So thank you, Jill. Thank
0: you, Jill.
1: And that is your tip of the week. Wow. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week
0: to you, Jill. Actually, well, she gave us the tip. So thank yeah. you, Jill. Yeah. <laughs> tip of she's, the week.
1: She's saying tip of the week to us. Yeah. All right. So... Now we're we're going to talk
0: about the stuff. Talk about
1: the stuff.
0: (laughs) So we uh, have been on this weight loss journey venture for 40 some years now. Yeah. Uh, And we spent maybe, I, I spent probably 25 years trying to get there fast. We have talked about it before that I went on plan after plan, trying to look for the next quick fix, the next uh, one weird trick to get the weight off. Me too. I tried to lose weight quickly for over 20 years, never really considering that if I just did one thing consistently, that maybe I would see progress. I was very impatient.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Did you do that?
1: Oh, yeah. That's what (laughs) I did too. (laughs) Over and over and over again.
0: But... I spent, you know, 20 plus years trying to lose weight fast and I wanted to get to that destination, but I didn't really know how best to get there. So I would just sort of see what other people were doing. Oh, that person's doing Atkins. That person is doing Weight Watchers. Oh, I just heard that somebody, you know, was had their leg eaten by a shark. Wow, they lost 30 pounds. Must be nice.
1: Man, that shark leg diet is so quick. (laughs)
0: But I see people focused on the destination. Like even still now, there are people um, who I follow on Instagram or who I run across in various communities who are always looking for that, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds by the wedding or, you know, 30 pounds for this event. And it's a destination that they're trying to hit. and. People are still looking for one weird trick to get down the scale, and it occurred to me, uh, Donald and I were talking like humans uh, offline, where we We do
1: talk without (laughs) microphones every once in a while.
0: But it's like we spent 20 plus years living in Los Angeles, saying we wanted to get to New York City. New York City. New York City. How are we gonna get there? And we see that there are 40 different modes of transportation. We're making an analogy about weight loss. What? Being a
1: destination. That's not something we ever do.
0: So you see somebody with a map who says that they're going to go to New York, and you're like, a map? Who uses those? That's crazy talk. You see someone else who wants to get on an aeroplane and yeah. fly to New York, and you're like, you're flying to New York? That must be nice to be able to fly. Boy, I mean, I Who can fly.
1: afford to fly to New York? There's no way I'm going to be able to do that. But you see
0: someone else, uh, you know, get in a car and say that they're going to take a road trip with their friends. And you say, like, wow, must be nice to be able to take time off of work to take a road trip with your friends. If only I could take time off t- to take a road trip with my friends, then I would go to New York City.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, it's like, oh, they're taking the freeways to get there. Well, the only real way to do it is to take the back roads. Yeah, and, uh, I'm going to be like the... Jack
0: Kerouac. I'm just going to hitchhike across the yeah. world and blog about it because that's the only real cause way to Because I want to see the real it. America. As I go across.
1: Yeah, I don't want to, none of this highway business.
0: Well, or like, you know, I mean, this is extreme, but like, oh, I have a friend who's really rich, and they're going to take a luxury cruise liner down through the Magellan Straits, and that's the only true Uh, way to experience a trip to New York. There's actually like super deluxe uh, luxury yachts that actually do that. Uh, but that's actually. Fun. Oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah, I'm very familiar
1: with luxury yachts and and their their ways to go through Straits of Magellan. You know, but if yeah. but if
0: you don't go through the Straits of Magellan, you really haven't lived. I mean, that's the only way that you can really experience going to New York City. Yeah. Like, and we do that with weight loss. We do this thing where we see someone else on a plan. Oh, I've got a personal trainer. I'm doing Metafast. I'm doing Nutrisystem. Yeah, there are 90 different plans that you could. Use to get to the metaphorical New York City, which we don't even know if it really exists or not. If you know if New York City exists, let us know.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not sure if it's not just like the land of Oz or... The City or, of Gold. Yeah, or, <laughs> uh, or Westeros or something.
0: <laughs> I actually, the first time I think I saw New York City was in the end of the movie, Romancing the Stone, starring oh! Kathleen Turner. And they're like on a boat going down a street in New York City. I was like, look at all those buildings they must have built on a set that's madness turns out it was new york city and a
1: young danny devito took the world by storm as the (laughs) sort of villain in that
0: but you imagine a like a a fictional new york city in your mind you think about like oh my gosh it's got to be perfect there like it's the city that doesn't sleep you could get you know hoagies at midnight that's amazing yeah my little town doesn't have all that stuff Um, i know we're mixing metaphors here but that's what we do we already talked about that that. But we see other people getting to their weight loss destination. We see other people making giant progress seemingly overnight. And we envy their mode of transportation. And we jump from our plan to theirs because we think they've got it figured out. They have the magic elixir to get us to our magic weight that we want to be.
1: And we just become focused on the mode of transportation to get there. And so we switch from, you know, we we decide we have to go on a dirigible, like that's <laughs> the only way to get there is because the Hindenburg went so well, we're yeah. going to do oh, it. yeah,
0: everyone knows that old chestnut.
1: And so we've got to do that. And so we get on that and then we're like, huh, this is actually like weird and slow and we don't like it. So I guess I'm going to go back home and oh, wait, there's we could take a recumbent bike all yes, the way across that's country. that's the only way to get across country. That's we the could... only real way to do it.
0: Well, and it's like, but we grew up watching things like the Wacky Races and Cannonball Run, yeah. where it was like a competition to get to the end point And like, Around the world in 180 days, like, or, or 80 days.
1: Uh, around the world in 80 days. Yeah. Around
0: the world in 80 days. We see all these things that are just like, it's a competition to get to an end point. And we see that in weight loss. We think that if someone else has lost 100 pounds, that it's too late for us. Like, they used up all of the power in the universe to get to their goal weight. And we want to change our plan to do whatever it is that they were doing, and we don't consider our actual lives when we're p- planning our weight loss. And for twenty years, oh, you know what? I heard a friend of mine is doing cabbage soup diet. I'm going to do that. Oh, I heard somebody else is doing whatever plan. And we flip yeah, and from- it's
1: always something else. It's always it's Atkins. It's Paleo. It's you know, I I did this like shake meal shake where I would have a protein shake in the morning and then a meal in the for lunch and then another shake for dinner. And that was the key to doing it. And then, you know, it's it's Weight Watchers, which actually, you know, does work for a lot of people. But, you know, it's it's about these these plans and these fads. And we don't think about the how sustainable these things are like is it something that we can really is it a method of travel we can get behind and stay on for the rest of our lives
0: well and it's like being a random triathlete where you just randomly get off of bicycles and then you skateboard and then you you know snowshoe and then like yeah. You're, you're just not becoming an expert or comfortable in any mode of transportation and just living with your choices and deciding what matches your current state. You're just going from plan to plan, trying to get there fast. But we don't even know what we're getting to. We see it as what they call destination addiction.
1: Destination addiction? I've heard of lots of other addictions, but not that one.
0: Um, so that's,
1: that's my acting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, funny you should ask. Actually, you didn't actually <laughs> ask anything.
1: Why don't you tell me, what is this destination destination addiction?
0: So um, a uh, PhD, Robert Holden, wrote a book called Authentic Success, in which he talked about destination addiction. You believe success is a destination, and the idea that happiness and success are in the future and not now. And he came up with a very uh, aggressive list adding me uh privately what? from his book <laughs> this is um, an outrage it is but he talks about uh a, a few things you know you have destination addiction when um <laughs> you might be addicted
1: you might have hey i'm not going to do the no Jeff i'm not going to do that no. either
0: okay so um you hope the next big success will finally make you happy you're in a hurry when you don't need to be Uh, your dream plan is just something you haven't found yet. Oh, yeah, that's me. It's like, if only jetpack weight loss was the way to do it. Like, they just haven't invented a way to make me lose weight yet. I
1: know the plan is out there, but no one's thought of it yet. And
0: I'm paraphrasing because Dr. Holden did not talk about jetpacks. But, But...
1: Whenever there's jetpack talk on this podcast, it's clearly coming from us because we think of (laughs) very few other things besides jetpacks.
0: So the last two I, I found were really impactful you have so many forecasts projections and targets you never really enjoy life oh because you're God. just waiting for that magic number the magic day that's perfect the magic plan that is going to keep you uh,
1: focused I still do that not not with weight loss anymore but with a lot of other things in my life it's terrible <laughs> like start. i i don't even want to order a pair of shoes unless i've you know determined that eight of the top ten you know websites have recommended them highly and perfection <laughs> yeah
0: um, and then the last one is you never commit fully to anything in case something else better comes along and that my friends yeah <laughs> may I call you my friends I was gonna say the same <laughs> oh, thing man. um That is what we struggled with for 20-plus years, is just not committing to anything because believing that something else just was around the corner that was finally going to be the trick. I'm going to try Weight Watchers, but the minute I'm up the scale, I'm going to quit. I'm going to try Atkins, but as soon as I see that someone else lost weight by cutting out sugar wait, that's Atkins. Um. (laughs) But you know, like somebody else does whole 30 and then suddenly you think that that's
1: the way to do it. Or when I find a plan that cuts out carbs, I will. (laughs)
0: For 30 days. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: (laughs) So you keep thinking that whatever plan someone else is on is the way to do it in this land of social media and Instagram posts where we magically see transformation before and now things we think that if we just did whatever the next person on instagram did then we would lose the weight we see people and i still see people who say what should i eat yeah tell me how i should exercise tell me what i should do we actually in in business when i was doing business um (laughs) but no we've talked about me going to business school and going to business we had a seminar on finding out like how best to service a customer you find out what their needs are what's missing from their needs and how you can fulfill that need and that's how you build like that's how you build a relationship with a customer is like oh this is what you need well this is how i can make that happen yeah and at the end um this guy was like okay so what's the one magic bullet to for to, to close oh the sale. God. It was that guy, Jason. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've talked about Jason before offline in yeah, our uh. human life. But he was like, So, in the end, what's the magic bullet? And the leader, I don't think he grasped his temples in like horror, but was like, we literally just spent three days talking about finding out what your customer's needs are and then seeing if you have a product that can fill that need and the need behind the need. Yeah.
1: And the fact that there is no magic bullet. And there is no magic bullet. And we've said that over and over and over again. There is no magic bullet to weight loss. There's no, there's no pill. There's no one plan that's going to keep it off forever. You have to examine your individual needs. And to go back to the travel analogy, you have to ask yourself, what kind of traveler are you? Do you like intense planning? Do you like to wing it? Do you like you know, the straight highways? Would you rather see the scenery? And very similarly, you have to ask yourself, what kind of weight loss plan is going to work for you? And you have to ask yourself, what can I stay on forever. This road doesn't actually end, you know. It, yeah, New it,
0: York is just a state of mind. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Oh, can
0: we delete that? Wow, oh, I feel bad that just saying that made me
1: cringe it. so oh, hard. Oh, me
0: too. I don't feel good about this. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably but, also going to get sued.
1: You know, but I, I tried all of these different plans and then what it turned out was that I had to cut my calories and walk more. It wasn't, It wasn't, you know, I thought for a long time, oh, this is so painful. I've got to become a runner in order to lose weight, or I've got to go to a gym and lift weights a whole bunch of times. And those things just didn't suit me. But what does suit me is putting my Fitbit on every day and making sure I get a certain number of steps that I have that minimum going. And I enjoy it. I enjoy the challenge of it, and I don't dread every second of that walking.
0: Well, and I think we think that our method or what our actual lives look like like don't matter in weight loss. I used to think of it as a destination. And the one of the other destination addiction things that he talks about is having a focus on the finish and not the purpose. It's about finding out what you want to be. Like, instead of what what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a whatever. As kids, we're taught that we have to have an end in mind instead of what kind of person do you want to be? Like, I am a caring person. I am a person who likes to be outside. I am a person who likes the support of others. Instead of coming up with a framework of the kind of person you are, you're asked to define a job for yourself. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be 150 pounds. Well, what does that person do? Like That person hikes and that person walks and that person moderates their food. And we keep...
1: And that person meal preps and that person goes to bed at a reasonable hour. And you have to ask yourself all of those questions and figure out how you can become that person in a way that you're not going to hate, in a way that you're going to be able to keep doing forever.
0: Right. Um, I actually found an article. Like now that you know, now that you know you have destination addiction, what do we do now? Um,
1: Please tell me.
0: I will tell you. So I found an article by Aisha Bowe from April of 2019 called "How to Keep Destination Addiction from Stealing Your
1: Joy." Ooh, I, I like know. the I like the title.
0: Yeah. So uh, she says to create a right here, right now list, which is kind of tying back into what you were just talking about. Oh. She talks about living in gratitude right now. It's not a place ahead of you. It's not when you get the next job, the next house, the next milestone of weight loss. Yeah. It's about living in gratitude now. What brings you joy now? What lessons are you learning now? What do you love about now? And what strides are you making now? So for example like in you can make human examples from your own life but she says example <laughs> my hobby of running brings me joy right now because i love the endorphins and i love seeing my neighborhood um i feel good right now because i'm setting boundaries with loved ones i feel good right here right now because i've meal prepped i did 10 minutes of yoga i got some fresh air with my kids yeah i'm going to bed on time
1: celebrate like, all of your small victories which is something you know as we we were talking about this episode and talking about this is something I realize I don't do enough myself. You know, I, I feel like I, you know, we say all the time that we're not fixed and this isn't over, but I feel like I've got my, my weight loss situation pretty well under control, but I, I then forget a lot of times and I make one bad choice or one bad decision. And, and I feel terrible about it or there are other aspects of my life that I certainly don't have together And I, it's stopping and realizing what I do have together and what I can do right now is really important.
0: There was an article in Psychology Today that talked about how destination addiction causes us to be permanently impatient with ourselves and with others. And finding that. Like understanding that about yourself, you're impatient because the scale isn't moving. You're impatient because you wanted to be down on the scale by a certain amount by this date. Impatience leads to inaction. It's like daydreaming about going to New York without actually having a plan to get there. Yeah, You can get lost in that toxic self-sabotage by just saying like, well, it must be nice to be able to you know, take six months off to go around the Strait of Magellan when like, I can't do that. So there's no way I'm ever going to be satisfied. I can't lose weight because I'm a parent. I can't lose weight because I don't have enough money. There are all these different things and excuses that we put up in our way instead of just Saying, what can I be grateful for right now? What can I do right now? I can go for a five minute walk. You know what? I can't afford a trainer, but I can afford free YouTube videos at home. I can afford a rebounder. There are so many ways, and we've, you know, we've said it so many times, but we have honestly looked at our real lives the way they are right now, not, yeah. our, our, not our ideal of lives, not the lives before we were parents when we were 20 years younger, but the us of today. What realistically can we achieve? So aside from making the right here, right now list, evaluate what you are willing to do today keeping it simple. We have the Occam's Razor episode that that Donald will put in the show notes because he does all the work. (laughs) But what are you actually willing to do that is practical? It is simple and practical for me to count calories on a free app, to do Weight Watchers, to stop eating after 8 p.m., to go on a five-minute walk. Those are simple actions that we can take right now that will affect our lives today. Doing a daily yoga practice Two months ago, I couldn't touch my toes. Now I can touch my toes. It has nothing to do with the number on the scale, but I have a sense of pride every day knowing that I'm investing myself in myself in small ways each and every day. And we can get lost in what other people are doing, or we can stay in our own lane and get to the destination in a way that makes sense for our actual lifestyles, not the perfect lifestyle, just our actual lives as they are today.
1: And going into, you know, tying into what Catherine was just saying about doing what you can do right now, one of the things that I have, that I feel very strongly about that was a key to me being able to reach my goal weight is that I stopped lying to myself and that I was really, really honest about what my intentions were and about what my goals were. And I really think that all of this jumping from plan to plan or investigating another plan is a way to put off actually doing something. There is an old expression, you know, don't confuse motion for action, uh, meaning that just because you are moving, just because you're you're investigating a plan doesn't mean that you're actually doing anything. And I spent many, many years investigating the perfect plan or trying the perfect plan and jumping from plan to plan rather than just making actual progress, rather than just starting towards the actual destination. I was planning and planning and trying to pick the right mode of transportation, so to speak, rather than actually just doing something, putting one foot in front of the other and Going,
0: yeah. That article from uh, Psychology Today that I mentioned talked about not shitting yourself. I should be doing. <laughs> I should be doing high intensity interval training. I should cut out. Wasn't sugar. Stuart
1: Smalley on Saturday Night Live he used to say he should it all over himself or something? Oh gosh, I don't
0: know. It, a lot of people are talking about shitting right now. So, but you should be doing something. But. But honestly, what are you willing to do? There is a big difference between should and actually doing. Uh, the article says, I should be further in my career now. I should have gotten married by now. I should have achieved my goal weight by now. Destination addiction causes us to be permanently impatient with ourselves. The schedule we set for ourselves is so demanding that we end up driving ourselves harder and faster. We refuse to forgive ourselves if we cannot keep up. We have no time for ourselves, and we are permanently impatient with everyone else. We are permanently impatient because we are addicted to the pursuit of progress. What is progress? According to Destination Addiction, to progress is to move along a timeline from here to there as quickly as possible, but to what end? Impatience impedes real progress. If the focus is only on getting to the future faster, real progress is a real time goal that is about the here and the now living well today, being more present caretaking in this moment and enjoying the time of your life as it is now. Like, that is everything. We didn't know it was happening when it happened, but that's what yeah. the last four years has been for
1: us. Yeah. And we we kind of had to come across this through trial and error. And we learned this along the way as we were doing it. And now you, the listener, have the benefit of being able to to take all of this in now and start where we started. I felt like so many times in my life, and I hear this from so many people, and now it really makes me cringe when people say, I'm not losing the weight fast enough. It's just not coming off fast enough. So I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna, you know, just quit and do something else because it's not coming off fast enough. And it it's sort of like you're traveling to New York City using this again, and you you get, you know, a hundred miles in or a thousand miles in, and you just feel like, oh my God, I'm never gonna get to where to New York City. So I may as well just turn around and go back home. And so you give up all the progress that you've made and you go all the way back home and you end up just living in the same house or you have to move into a bigger house, i.e. bigger clothes, (laughs) because you're you're putting you know weight even more weight on. And then maybe someday you're going to investigate another method of getting to New York City. And instead of just Staying on that slow and steady. Road that was getting you there that would have gotten you there eventually, and the time is going to pass. Yeah, that's it. It's it's going to pass whether you are moving towards your goal or not. So why not move towards your goal, even if it's slow, even if it's a little bit? You know, where do you want to be in five years? Do you want to be where you are right now? Do you want to be even farther behind, or do you want to make some progress, even if it's not all the progress? It some progress is going to make you feel better than none. Or going in reverse.
0: Well, and that that whole thing of, like, I'm just waiting for the right kind of transportation to be created. Like, until there's a bullet train, like they have in Japan, that can take me to New York in two days, I don't want to bother going. Right. Until that mode is created. And we think that our older selves are suddenly going to be wiser. We think that our older selves are suddenly going to be more equipped to be motivated somehow. Like, we're just kicking the can down the road, or the jetpack down the road. Yeah. And... The truth is that we don't ever become ready to take the step. We just take the step. None of this has come from a place of total clarity and understanding. No. Donald, (laughs) (laughs) we are muddy waters right now. But – When I started this, it wasn't with the intention of this perfect rocket ship leading me to an end. It was, I want to fit in my pants. I want to not feel depressed. I want to start setting better boundaries with myself. I don't know where I'm going exactly, but I know I don't want to be where I'm standing right now. And I'm going to take a leap of faith and just start somewhere. Start with a first step. When Donald was diagnosed
1: with diabetes, he wasn't
0: <laughs> like, finally, I've got the jet pack I always wished for.
1: Oh my goodness, what a blessing. Now I can really get it together.
0: <laughs> it really sucked. And we just pressed forward day by day, started with a walk to our daughter's elementary school, like... Really just what can you do right near, right here, right now with what you currently have? Being in a state of not knowing exactly where you're going, but knowing that you feel pride in the choices that you've made in that day. That for me, that peace of mind, waking up in the morning, knowing that I made choices that I can feel good about the day before. That matters. Living in the now. I don't know where we're going to be in three or four years, but right now, given the state of the world, we're doing what we can and it feels good to have that kind of control.
1: And what if the perfect mode of transportation just appeared? What if suddenly there was a teleporter that would teleport you from where you live now to New York City? And what would you do when you got there? In other words, if you suddenly could be at your goal weight. How would you stay at your goal weight? Like, have you, have you thought about that? Have you thought about, you know, if I do get there right away, if I was just there instantly, then what I would I do? Have you practiced the habits that will allow you to stay in New York City? Have you, do you have a place to stay? Do you have a way to make money? Like, can you stay there? Yeah.
0: Are you visiting or are you moving there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. and, And if you're, if you're just, trying to find this perfect quick mode of transportation to get there. But then when you get there, you don't know how to stay. You don't have any way of, of living or making a living. Then you're not going to stay there very long. And you're just going to end up going back home because it's familiar and it's easy and it's what you know. And it's the same thing with weight loss. You're just going to Now, slowly or quickly or however it is, you're going to find your way back home, which is to gain the weight back that you lost initially.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had a whole episode called uh, There Is No Finish Line, and there really isn't that one spot where suddenly there's a magic number that makes you feel great or a magic clothing size. It keeps moving. We are in maintenance, and we've talked about it before. We're maintaining our weight, and we have to, or we have the opportunity con- to continue good habits, to sustain our weight loss, to sustain our health, our flexibility, and our mobility. None of that has to do with the number on the scale and yeah. everything to do with our sustainable mode of transportation. And if you are in a continual loop of looking to see what other people are doing that keeps you from actually making progress yourself, then you might want to stop paying attention to what other people are doing. If it is toxic for you to follow Instagram posts of amazing before and after transformations, and that is not what you're willing to do, don't even look at the cruise that goes around the Magellan Strait because that's not how you're going to get there. Right? There is no magical one way to get to happiness. Happiness is a state of mind. It is not a destination.
1: Um, There is not one way necessarily to get to your goal weight either, but there is a way that is going to work best for you and a way that is going to be sustainable that you can keep doing. And it's probably not a one weird trick. It's probably not a fad diet. It's Probably not something that cuts out all of your favorite foods forever either. Um, It's probably, you know, you have to examine what is going to work for you and then do that. Get there that way and then figure out how to live there, but figure it out. As you're traveling, not not wait until you get there and then throw up your hands and go, I guess I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Well, and we have all been in a situation where we have said, as soon as the semester is over, then I'll be happy. As soon as I go on this trip, then I'll be happy. When I get my first job, when I graduate from graduate school, when I move, when I get married, when I settle down, there's always this mirage in front of us of where happiness lives. Yeah. Yeah. And when we get there and we realize that it didn't make us happy, we feel like we're broken somehow because we promised ourselves that when we got to that number on the scale, then we would be happy.
1: Yeah, and we have another episode called The Hedonic Treadmill, which I guess now I have to link to it in the show <laughs> notes now that I mentioned I'm change it. Change your
0: name to Link.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Um, all about how we're always looking for that, that new thing that, that, you know, human beings get tired of things and have to change to a new thing.
0: Right. So I found another, um, article from psychology today, a woman named Connie Mann wrote, happiness never comes from destination. Happiness is a choice we make every day, no matter where we are. It comes from recognizing that circumstances don't bring happiness, Things don't bring happiness. Achievements don't bring happiness. Happiness comes from inside of us, from an attitude of thanksgiving. If we get too focused on tomorrow, we can fall into a dangerous trap. And that is what we work every day against. We are not saying that we are immune from any of this, that we don't see what other people are doing and become envious or wonder if we should keep going. But the truth is we have our lives to live. We have our circumstances and we're doing what we can with our resources to make the best out of every day and every choice. There is so much in the world right now that we cannot control. There are things in the world that seem unthinkable and overwhelming, but we can control how we eat how we sleep, and how we move, and what we think about where we put our focus, and that is what we are doing, and that is what we are asking you to do. Focus on the here and the now, focus on your actual life and your actual circumstances, and what you are willing to do sustainably to bring you happiness and and self-satisfaction each and every day. Not what some Instagram person is doing. Not one friend who had this one weird trick with a tapeworm. Yeah. Like you in your actual (laughs) life today. What can you do? What are you willing to do? Because your happiness comes from yourself, not from the destination.
1: And you can also control the podcast you listen to. And we really appreciate you listening to this one. And if you are planning a road trip, we have about 127 episodes of this show now for you to listen to all the way across the country. Uh, we really do genuinely appreciate you for listening. Uh, it really, really means a lot to us. Um, if you have any questions or possible tips of the week or subjects for future episodes, you can reach out to us in multiple ways, including uh, emailing us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com.
0: You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at WeOnlyLookThin.
1: And uh, you can also go to our website, WeOnlyLookThin.com, and there you can find out more information about our online support group called Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, which is an online support group for women, um, and uh, you can click on the the link there, join our support group, and find out more information about that. Did you want to say anything else about Walt Place, darling?
0: Uh, it's wonderful and great, and we want you to join. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you should be there, too. And you
0: should be there, too.
1: Um, and if you would uh, do us a big favor, we would really appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcast and give us a rating, uh, preferably five stars. Um, and if you're feeling super generous and could give us a review, uh, it could be short just a few words. That really helps people find us when they're searching on uh on apple uh apple you know the shows with a lot of ratings and reviews get boosted to the top of the search results when uh people are looking and we would really greatly appreciate it so uh thank you very much in advance if you could do that
0: yeah so if you're still not sure about the difference between the strait of magellan and the cannonball run just remember <laughs> that donald and i, I love are that movie.
1: an inspiration, inspiration- asian